Hello, my name is Nicholas Corey, and you are listening to The Novelcast. Cybersaurus, The Awakening, Chapter 28 Nighttime in New Washington was just as lively as during the day, if not more so. When the sun went down, the clubs and barrows and Shoreview opened up, and the traffic, both on foot and in vehicles, filled the sidewalks and streets. The skyscrapers illuminated the dark sky with neon lights and the warm glow of office lighting through the various windows, emitting a bright ambience despite the utter darkness of the sky above, especially in the overcast weather, as it was this evening. However, the general business of the nightlife in downtown was shaken when the sound of police sirens were heard, swiftly approaching from blocks away. Then, as the sirens rose to a blaring volume, the thunderous footsteps of a large animal began to cause fear and alarm in the citizens of the streets. Finally, when the cacophony seemed to reach its apex, the large, powerful Tyrannosaurus stomped around the corner of one street, stepping over cars and people in its haste. Following shortly was at least a half-dozen police cruisers, sirens blasting the night air apart as they weaved through the traffic after the prehistoric beast. Regina gripped Stanley behind the head, holding on for her life as he tore his way through New Washington. The wind of their passing was strong, and she heard the sirens over it all. She didn't know where Stanley was heading, or what his plan was. Hell, she didn't even have a plan. All she knew was that they had to lose the police tail and hopefully keep any more people from being injured, or worse, because of them. She couldn't afford to get caught by the officials now, especially since she knew, beyond almost all doubt, that the agents of One Nation itself were after her. Had she been caught, she would be detained at the precinct jail for a short period before being claimed by the mysterious agents and brought to One Nation HQ where she would likely face all sorts of interrogation methods before she gave up the EnviroDrive. She had no idea why they wanted that information so badly. None of it made any sense to her. All she could tell was that it was all evidence of something, all important puzzle pieces that pointed to a much larger, and as she feared, more sinister situation than they appeared to on their own. Stanley turned sharply around one tight street corner, and Regina was forced to tighten her grip and pull herself down until she was pressed against the back of the dinosaur's neck. Stanley was moving at an incredible speed now, and losing her hold on him and falling to the street below was not the least of her worries. The cops followed, losing ground in the busy intersection, forced to maneuver around the normal traffic, whereas Stanley could easily just step over most vehicles. He strode down one block and then took another sharp turn, this time to the left instead of the right. He got a few more steps ahead before Regina heard the police cruisers slide around the corner and continue the pursuit. In a moment of fear, Stanley turned the large Tyrannosaurus head around to glance at the pursuing cars and to see how far behind they had fallen. Regina looked at the dinosaur's eyes briefly and felt she could see the anxiety and fright within them. And then she looked past him into the direction he was running, and saw a large city bus pull out into the intersection ahead. Why was it always buses, she thought. Look out, she shouted. Stanley whipped his head back around and noticed the bus, now directly ahead of him as he approached. 
He had enough time to duck his head and take a step to the side before his body collided with the rear of the vehicle, pushing the metal frame inward at sharp angles, shattering glass and sending it sliding around in a wide arc as he barreled straight on through the intersection. Regina looked behind her and saw the normal traffic start to maneuver around the stationary and askew bus, and as they were doing that, the sirens of the police caught up to the intersection, and the first squad car slid directly into the side of one civilian vehicle, brakes squealing on the pavement, smoke from burnt rubber rising into the night air. Be careful, Regina cautioned Stanley as he ran forward. The cops were losing ground, but they still had a long ways to go before they lost them completely. As he ran, Stanley began to turn his head swiftly from side to side, glancing at buildings as he passed them by. Regina watched, wondering what he was thinking of in a time like this, and came to the conclusion that he must be searching for an alleyway or smaller street to lose the police down. Sure enough, once he approached a small alley on the side of their street, he ducked his head down, burst through the fence at its end, and ran down the tight corridor, metal and concrete walls rising high on either side. Regina felt the impact and heard the sharp sound of sudden friction as Stanley brushed up against one side or another, the walls scraping his leathery skin. She was certain he was drawing blood as he went, but that thought was pushed aside as two cruisers squeezed into the alleyway behind them, and the rest of the pursuers speeding by to find a cutoff point. Stanley kept his head low, the animal charging down the tight alleyway with reckless abandon a drive and determination pushing him forward. He saw the edge of the alleyway ahead, and just as he approached it and emerged into the one-way street, an immense 18-wheeler rumbled its way into view, completely blocking their view of the street ahead. Stanley gave a brief start before lowering his snout to the ground and charging forward, the top of his cranium leading. He struck the side of the following trailer and continued through, across the street and into the building beyond. There was a cascade of broken glass and a roar of screams and shouts from the alarmed guests and staff at the Plaza Hotel as the 40-foot-long Tyrannosaur burst into the incredibly large foyer. The entire area was bathed in soft white light that shined off of the surfaces of columns, polished floors, and shimmering decorations. Stanley skidded to a halt, scratching the expensive floor with his large clawed feet, and then bent down low. What are you doing? Regina asked, concerned. Stanley gave his large head a slight shake. You want me to get off? Regina said. Stanley slapped his tail against the floor behind him. Yes. Why? Regina asked. They're catching up to us. Stanley roared, causing the entire foyer, once a chaotic commotion of fleeing and screaming citizens, to turn into a silent, still room. For the first time since their arrival, the elegant, orchestrated music that played throughout the foyer could be heard. Regina slid off Stanley. The Tyrannosaur stood straight up, looked down at her with eyes that she thought said, Forgive me, and then turned and rushed back into the street. Stanley! Regina shouted, and chased after him, running to the shattered glass doors, the shards crushing under her feet. Regina stepped out of the hotel and onto the sidewalk, where she watched as Stanley continued down the street. Her mind raced. Why did he abandon me, she thought. Nothing added up. Although, before she was able to think about what was happening, 
she heard the blare of the sirens and turned to see the lead two police cars pull off to the side of the road, screeching their way onto the sidewalk. The voice of an officer boomed through the siren speaker at her. Remain where you are! Regina bolted back into the foyer and looked around frantically. She had to find a place to go, to hide. She knew that the police would be thorough in their chase and search, and so she couldn't stay anywhere in the foyer. Her eyes looked up the grand stairwell that led upwards from the main floor of the lobby and the elevators at the top. She ran, taking the steps two at a time, and came to the elevator doors. Just as she approached, one of the doors slid open, and Regina almost ran into a group of well-dressed men who were exiting their lift. They broke, making way for her as she ran into the elevator, and then she turned around and looked at the floor selections as the door slid closed. She saw all the buttons, dark, on the elevator's panel, and she considered which one to flee to. She thought about floor two, or maybe even three, and then looking for a place to jump out of one of the windows and into an open dumpster or some other reasonably soft receptacle. She pushed that idea from her mind, however, and looked instead at the highest floor number, floor 28. The police would quickly secure the ground floor and the exits, she knew that, but the roof... She pressed the door open button and stepped out of the elevator, bolting into the nearby hallway and pushing through the door labeled Stairwell. Regina climbed the stairs two at a time, moving as if the police were immediately behind her, even if she had a decent head start on them. She passed the floors, checking the doors as she went. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. She didn't feel the pain or exhaustion until she realized how far she had climbed. Thirteen floors up. She had never ran so far for so long before, and she was concerned that she would collapse, or worse, black out from overworking. She slowed her pace and began thinking about what she should do. She didn't feel like she could go back down to the ground floor, not now. The police would have that blocked off by now. It wouldn't take them long to secure the ground exits. Her only hope now was to find another way. A fire escape? A nearby roof? Or another stairwell she could descend until she reached a point to jump from? And a place to jump to? She set those ideas aside and reminded her that when it came to the layout of the immediate surroundings of the hotel, she had no knowledge other than the small glimpse of the street out front that she had as she and Stanley approached it. And even then, she was too preoccupied with the police chase. She had to learn more about the building itself, and quickly, before she could come to a decision as to how to swiftly make an exit, without actually using any of the exits. Regina came out on the 18th floor, stepping through the heavy white metal door and into an extravagantly carpeted hallway, lit by glowing, polished sconces and lined with rich wooden doors. She blinked at the sight of the hall and knew that this hotel must have cost a fortune to build, with real wood and all. And then, as she began walking down the quiet, deserted hall, she heard a slight, distinct hum emitting from each door. The doors were equipped with the same image-rendering nanomachines that most neo-leather articles of clothing had. The same nanomachines that could turn a pair of pants from casual slacks to a pair of jeans also gave an expensive, mahogany appearance to those plain metal doors. Ahead of her, she saw, at the far end of the hallway, another sign marking a second set of stairs, 
as well as a window looking out into the night. She dashed down the hall, coming up to the window and peering out. She saw that the building on the other side, next door to the hotel, was only about twelve feet away, with nothing but an incredibly tight alleyway between them. Good, that's a start, she thought. She looked up, straining her vision as she peered through the top edge of the window, and saw the building next door was also about two or three stories shorter than the hotel. Now we're getting somewhere, she thought. She turned and pushed through the door into the second stairwell, now determined to reach the roof. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find the previous season of The Novelcast at nicholascorey.com slash novelcast. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-K-O-R-Y dot com slash novelcast. The Novelcast is a podcast that is made possible by the support of the fine backers over at patreon.com slash novelcast. If you like what you hear and you want to help support this podcast as well, feel free to head to patreon.com slash novelcast and donate your support. Any amount is incredibly helpful and deeply appreciated. Also, if you like audiobooks, head over to audiobooks.com slash novelcast. Audiobooks.com has millions of different titles available, and by heading to audiobooks.com slash novelcast, you'll not only sign up for their free 30-day trial, but you'll also be showing your support for this podcast as well. Thanks once again for listening, and I will see you next time.